Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello, Arrow fans, and welcome back to the AfterBuzz TV Arrow Show. Tonight we're talking about Season 5, Episode 13, a very special episode of Arrow called Spectre of the Gun, and we'll see you after the opening. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin! I would just like you to know that we went through a lot of different songs about guns before we came onto this one. All of mine were inappropriate. Mm-hmm. You said guns as a metaphor for something else, didn't they? Not all of them, but one of them, yeah. Okay. At least one of them. Well, yeah. that's, that's the one that, yeah. Yeah, good times and great oldies. Namely because Clapton. <laughs> this episode, you guys. Yes, so are you. Welcome yes. back to the Arrow After Show. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for coming back to this podcast. You know we love you. Uh, we are looking at Season 5, Episode 13, Spectre of the Gun. There is a lot to talk about, and we're going to have to figure out a strategy on uh, how to talk about it. But in the meantime, I have all these wonderful people with me, starting with Lucretia Lyon. Yes, guys, I'm getting here for Ali Kona tonight. You can always find me at L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N anywhere on the internet since there is only one. Tari Miller. And I'm Tari J. Miller. You can find me at Tari J. That's T-A-R-I-J-A-Y. I had a moment where I all said Lex Luthor. And I'm like, that is not correct, but I'm sure you'd appreciate it. I, I, get, that, I get that more than you would imagine, even. I am Lex Thank Michael, you. all over social media, at the Lex Michael. Mm. Um, Ali Kona mm-hmm. is under the weather tonight. Please tweet her your well wishes. You can find her at Boys and Beauty, correct? Boys and yep. Beauty 01? Yeah. I believe so, yes. Find her there. And I'm Katie Cullen. I am taking the reins this evening. You can find me on Twitter at Kiajet. That is K-I-A-X-E-T. We have the live chat on YouTube if you're watching live on YouTube. We have the Twitter hashtag, ABTV Arrow. If you have something to say, if you have any comments or questions, throw them in the hashtag, throw them in the live chat. You may well get a shout out. We have a gun control episode tonight, y'all. Yeah. Yeah. This is, uh, this felt, and I kind of have to get this out of the way quickly because it was all I could think of. This feels like a very special episode of like an after school show where it's like something big happened and we're going to sit down and talk to you about bullying or we're going to sit down and talk to you about eating disorders. And this one is, we're going to sit down and talk to you about gun control. Sure. But it's Arrow. And this show's not terribly equipped to do that. Yeah, it's Degrassi. In my opinion. Star City. <laughs> well, it kind of is. Though I would say that Degrassi had more lasting effects to their shooting very special episode. They Didn't did. they shoot Drake? Yeah. yeah they shot Drake. <laughs> oh, I still don't know how he got out of that wheelchair and started rapping. Um, it was the power of hip-hop, yeah. bro. Well, It, I like, fixed today. his spine... And then... Speaking uh, of shows that film in Canada... <laughs> oh, yeah, brought it back. Hey! Um, I would say, though, I mean, it's uh, typically, this year at least, been Supergirl dealing with these big ideas, these these big social issues. Um, and it would seem on the surface like maybe this conversation would be better suited to a show that's already having similar types of conversations. But I do think that... It, it fits in the Arrow world more so than some of the other bigger, super-powered, operatic environments that we see on these other shows. Because yeah. Oliver's the only one who can't be there near instantaneously to fix the problem. Right, and he's also the only... I mean, I guess you could probably shoot Barry, but he's real fast and it's hard. Yeah. And some of the legends have superpowers, and, yeah. and Kara's literally the girl of steel. So Arrow, Team Arrow, they are the most immediately likely to be impacted by gun violence, they and the people around them, I guess, for that reason alone? I'd also argue that they have the, they have the weakest leg to stand on, as it were, given that Season 5 is running a lot of parallels to Season 1, and Season 1 was when Oliver was hardcore vigilante knock everyone off of this list etc and we're trying to show how far we've come but yeah this is something dealing with violence and violence is bad and how do we temper our rights versus people getting killed and this is a show that has leaned very heavily on the people getting killed side of things for a very long time right so arrow saying 
we're going to do a very special episode about gun control. It's like, guys? Well, did, okay. I will say it came at the most opportune time in term, in in the timeline of Arrow, in that it's been a lot of, like, we're okay with killing, we're okay with killing, and now, like, our main character has both uh, a value for life and also uh, a position at which he can make a change. So I feel like any time before this, I would have been like, this is silly. But now, like, it, it really let us uh, explore the other aspect of Oliver Queen as opposed to just being like, ah, let's throw Green Arrow at it. Yeah, True. and and the chat seems to agree, and I do as well. Jamie Nauman says, I really found it refreshing that Oliver found it as Mare and not the Green Arrow. And then Jonathan Deming is like, the Oliver versus Arrow persona is actually really fun. Everyone seemed to like that part of it is where he had to fight this as Mare Queen instead of the Green Arrow. And and two, fighting big social <coughs> issues, these battles is... is- drawn from the comic book DNA of the character. I mean, that's one of the most famous aspects of Green Arrow. In the comics, he's actually, like, hard, hard, hard left liberal. And Mm -hmm. that's that's a big part of the characterization of Oliver Queen in a lot of Green Arrow stories. And there was a part of me that was hoping, and I, I assumed we'd arrive back at a very centrist resolution for this particular story, but there was a part of me that was hoping to see that Oliver Queen, to see him go way left and have to be, you know, like, pulled back a little bit from it to get back to the center a little bit. Yeah, because that was one of the main things that separated Oliver Queen from Bruce Wayne that has been missing in this show. I like that they touched on it a little bit, but it's just like, can we get him, like, planting some trees and stuff? You know, we need that. That, by the way, (laughs) is as political as I intend to get tonight. (laughs) We're going to see how able I am to dance around the political, political, political Nah, let's dive into it. Well, and given how charged our our country and our political environment has been for the past 27 days, and it's only been 27 days, (laughs) y'all, it makes it difficult not to make things political because it's so easy to just throw something in that direction right now. And so talking about a highly charged, very difficult issue like this when it's something that keeps happening with awful regularity in real life and I keep seeing this the Onion article that was written a decade ago about this is inevitable and terrible says the only country where this happens all yes. the time. and then you see get reposted every time Every time it happens. happens. Mm-hmm. And so it's a very, very touchy issue well, in they, America. They do address that and I almost wish and I understand that they were focused on this particular topic as the broad focus of the episode, but they did touch on this idea that discourse seems to have largely broken down in this country. Yeah! And I was like, oh, more of that, please. We should all be having that particular conversation a little bit more, maybe. But since we're we're talking about how how timely it is and why maybe they would approach this topic this way, I thought maybe we could uh, reference the words of Mark Guggenheim, the executive producer Mm -hmm. and writer of the episode, who said uh, on the topic of tonight's show... Quote, gun violence felt like the right topic. Executive producer and writer of the episode, Mark Guggenheim, says of the show is wanting to tackle an issue in season five because of its topicality, but also because of the level of gun violence that is on Arrow. We could have done an episode on abortion, but that's not really where the show lives, so gun violence really felt like the right thing to tackle. End quote. Jumping that hurdle, both producers believe, was important for the show if only because good debate and discussion are good and something tv doesn't do nearly enough anymore he says quote somewhere along the line we got away from that the whole industry got away from that and now you have blackish and the carmichael show but as far as network dramas are concerned they're really not tackling current events current issues Hmm. i mean i think the closest we get is law and order yeah law and order is a very specific Yes. And to be honest, yeah. this episode felt a lot like an SVU episode because it, you know, it starts out all nice, like sibling rivalry, and then like, oh crap, gun violence, and that's what we're going to tackle. Hard left there, in the yeah. other way. And that, and <laughs> yeah. that too was we were we were watching them have this conversation back and forth. This the show was having this internal debate on the topic, and we I think we were all receiving it a little bit differently as far as. Our how it was meshing with our expectations of what Arrow usually is right. and yeah. how Arrow usually approaches its themes and its ideas. I actually think they handled this conversation pretty earnestly, sometimes to the point of being may- maybe a little heavy-handed, but very, very earnest. It just felt like 
we're really all of a sudden like really focusing intensely on this one question in a way that we don't usually on yeah. the show. Yeah. Usually there's a little more and I uh, the wow, I just lost all my words tonight. Oh. Yay. <laughs> The parts of the show that felt natural to me in this episode were the parts of the show that had nothing to do with the issue at hand. Dinah and Diggle talking about getting back to normal after coming back from a life of service, or in her case, of vengeance. Um, Just the bits at the beginning, making fun of Oliver for his new girlfriend. Just all of the parts that weren't about gun violence felt natural. Once we got into that, the characters... Sometimes they sounded like themselves, and sometimes they sounded like mouthpieces. Being able to rattle off statistics and using uh, words and terminology that they normally wouldn't. And there there were just a few bits that were like, this has gone beyond two characters having a conversation and has started being, we're trying to educate you. This is a thing we looked up that you need to know. Right. And it felt like it wasn't conveyed terribly naturally. It feels like we... And that's yeah. very special episode territory is when you start losing the character for the message. Maybe it's like we we jumped into a conversation that they had been having, but we weren't privy to the lead up. So jumping in at this point where it seems like we're real heated, real fast. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, it's like Troy walking in with a pizza box mm. and everything's on fire. <clears throat> Just like that. Yeah. yeah. Community that reference, guys. <laughs> yeah, they were all on that same page. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah, good one. That show's great. Yeah. You're welcome. Darkest timeline, darkest timeline. Anyway. Um, we live in the darkest timeline, dear. <laughs> we do. We've established this. Jeff's uh, missing an arm. It's just crazy town. It's Barry's <laughs> fault. Always. Or yours. They tend to blame you, too. But yeah, so let's start talking about this episode. Let's actually tackle those side stories first before we really get into the meat of the issue that we've been talking about. Because I do want to talk about Dinah, and I do want to talk about Diggle, and I thought that they were having a great conversation throughout this episode about staying at Argus versus finding a place of her own and started getting back to civilian life. Mm. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say... I feel that there was some chemistry testing in those scenes, and I was a little like, I'm worried about Lila. I'm worried about Lila. Me what is happening? Too. Yeah, yeah. They, I had the same yeah. thought. I was like, oh, I totally ship yeah. it. Oh, wait, he's married. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, I okay. ship it. Oh, I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> I looked Please at don't Lex, go there. And I was like, them two. We, we, we make it out. No. And, it, and I was like, yeah, wait. No. But yeah, but no. But but a little bit. Yeah. When she was like, oh man, I, I was thinking about a studio. I was like, is she talking about his apartment? <laughs> uh, but she wasn't. She was talking about some other apartment. With a little Where in a big garden. city yeah. do you find a studio with a backyard garden that's affordable? Not, that's a penthouse. Not to, not Los Angeles. You don't, yeah. you don't find that in here. In the beautiful city of Vancouver. (laughs) Welcome to Vancouver where you have patios full of trees and other assorted vegetables. And the occasional moose. Stay inside when those come by. They're dangerous. (laughs) Moose will kill you. They are terrifying prehistoric creatures that still walk the land. (laughs) I I really hope Prometheus is a moose. (laughs) Promoosius. I mean, Pro-moosey-ous. I've heard it's you, I've heard it's Tori, you know, it, now a moose. It, it could be an angry comment section. It might just be guns. I yeah. think it might just be yeah. a bunch of guns in a costume. I still that think are it's Jay Garrett, but <laughs> Guns controlled by bees. Oh, oh it's, all, it's all connected. I still, like, I still like the theory that it's Talia. I, I feel yeah. like we have to throw that out now because we had zero Prometheus in this episode with the exception of I'm still using this hacker conglomeration that none of you know about and give me a few days to track down his mom. She's in Indiana. What? Okay. It takes them like two seconds to track down anyone else. That, that, that was why I was like, oh, how, what? <laughs> I do love that every time we get this dramatic zoom in on the flash drive and that is now our visual shorthand for she's working with those people again. And I do like that they're doing that now without spending the time for her sitting there going, I'm still working with these people. Like, they look at the flash drive, it's active, we know. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You guys were laughing about something in the chat. Um, the, the believe that Prometheus is Lex with moose antlers. That's nerdity, nerd, nerd. Oh my god, yeah. alright. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Please, somebody funny. create some mm-hmm. fan art <laughs> yeah, of guys, me yeah. in a Prometheus outfit with antlers. <laughs> I I can't promise you a reward of any kind, but I will certainly 
retweet you and give you credit. Be like, look what this amazing person did. I'm a moose villain now. Yeah. What or we can send you a your face on a bullwinkle. That sounds really unsettling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's the power of a good Photoshop. <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, so I I like the conversation with Dinah and Diggle, and I like them talking about it's hard to get back to normal and that you have to give yourself permission to move on. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I like that this the hive is essentially becoming a place where people, uh, for lack of a better word, like, pupate. <laughs> so, like, they... Pupate. Like, yeah, they okay. spend some time in there. Excellent pull. And then they, they, gr- they grow a little bit as a person, and mm-hmm. then they go out into the world. Um, and I, I like I like that aspect of it, and I like that she has been on this revenge quest, and it, they don't they haven't mentioned it since they pulled her as part of the team. And I like that we're finally getting an uh, that side that like, hey, I don't know how to be in a regular society without being filled with like rage and and uncomfortable. Right, right. And I liked I liked the moment too where the two of them are having these, this conversation, specifically the conversation where Diggle gives her that push to allow herself to move on, and she pulls herself back before divulging what her what her mental emotional state is. She says, no, it sounds really stupid. And he's like, I, I know Oliver Queen. Yeah. Just go try me. And it's like, <laughs> that was, that was my love... favorite moment of the show. Such oh, a good it was bird. pretty glorious. Yeah. Like, I love that that's the bar. Well, it's really stupid. I work for Oliver <clears throat> Queen. Oh, okay, well, in that case. <laughs> the other thing, too, that I was like, mm, was uh, Quentin meets Dinah. And there, maybe I was reading too much into it. There was like half a second of like, hmm, when she says her name. Maybe because it's like, oh, that's my wife's name. Ha, ha, ha. Small world. Right. Every, mm-hmm. Look at her name everywhere. But nobody mentions when he goes, oh, wow, you're really expanding the recruitment drive. Nobody's like, yeah, Black Canary. They're all just like. <laughs> let's, not, let's not say that she's Laurel's Wait. replacement. <laughs> yes. I'm just like, mad he but, didn't make an Uber no driver. It's a super awkward. Yeah. Let's talk about guns. Yeah. There's no <laughs> word for make everything better almost immediately, so we went with replacement. Uh, yeah. It just made me laugh. I was like, I get you guys would totally rather be talking about gun control than having this conversation with Quentin Lance. <laughs> I don't blame you. But it's not like Quentin didn't know about that promise. Yeah. Like, he knew this was coming down the pipeline eventually. It's just that Oliver finally got around to it. Right, but I feel like if you're literally anybody else on Team Arrow, you're going, we're just going to wait for <laughs> Oliver to handle that. <laughs> Dad! I don't even want to be in the room. This is a conversation for Team Dad to have and for the rest of us to not be here. Yeah. <laughs> you think every diner's like the same? <laughs> Why? You think every canary's the same? You think this girl's my daughter? <laughs> hey, Dinah, that was Laurel's That's my Laurel. Yeah, that's, that's my Lance. That's my Quentin Lance. It's real good. It's spot on. Right. Spot on. That, right. that was a really good impersonation. Yeah. I imagine anyone listening on iTunes thinks that Quentin Lance walked yep. into this Ladies room. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. Mr. Paul Blackthorn. Hey! Hey! hey. <laughs> now Henry is in here. <laughs> and if you wait for two seconds, it'll turn into Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> no respect. There it is. Mm-hmm. Not even two seconds. You need to start oh, clocking man. these. Can you say, take my canary, please? <laughs> Please for me. Do it. Do it. Canary, please. All right. So and this is the rest of that. the show. Yeah, I yep. know. I think it would be less awkward doing this for the rest of the show. <laughs> I can do bad Brando. Oh, man. All right. What do we got? <laughs> what do we got? Um, what happened tonight? Thing. So, yeah. Um, let's talk about the flashbacks because we get flashbacks for Renee this episode, and we haven't had that before. And it's always interesting when Arrow decides to lay off of Oliver in flashback territory and wander off into someone else's. Yeah. We've had that for Diggle. We had an incredible episode for Deadshot a season ago when they had his. And now it's Renee's turn. I'm not sure how to feel about these. What? Okay. So I, if I had, if you're watching this on YouTube and you notice the completely blank expression I just had on my <laughs> face, it's because I was piecing together... That, okay, one of the things I do applaud about this episode, even if it feels like we maybe jumped into I love that you made the applaud gesture, but didn't actually applaud. Quite quite like it. Golf clap. Maybe it does feel a little bit like, wow, we're getting some information from these characters that maybe feels a little bit like information, but I give them credit because I still (laughs) consistently, you know what I mean, consistently... (laughs) 
<laughs> felt, it felt believable to me. The characterization was solid enough that I could completely buy why everybody had the stance that they had in this particular debate. One thing I'm a little bit hung up on, and maybe somebody can explain to me something that I that I missed. Renee's argument to Curtis is that, well, if I had had my gun, my wife would still be alive. Yes. But that's not really what I saw. Okay. I yeah. think he meant if he had brought it with him <gasps> to the hockey game and therefore had it on his Could have person. Could mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. the house. Okay, because that made more sense... To, to me than any other potential explanation because what I saw was like nah dude if you hadn't like fired at the one dude he wouldn't have fi-. doesn't matter it's yeah, fine yeah, it's yeah. fine see yeah. what I didn't know is that it's illegal for someone who's been dishonorably discharged to own a firearm I didn't know that either provided that wasn't just completely pulled out of nowhere which hmm. I assume it wasn't Hmm. I don't know. You yeah. have the Google in front of you if you feel like <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Chat, Do the Google. Chat, chat, tell us. Yeah, or was, you guys. Was that correct? Like, I'll try this. Um, but yeah, I really like you know, learning more about Renee because he's slowly become one of my favorite characters on the show yeah. just because he's really interesting and I like his dynamic with Lance. Yes. Yeah. Mm. I feel like we came back from break and suddenly I loved Renee. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's interesting because he gets the most... Uh, character development, like True. out of everyone, we I feel like we've gotten more with him than we have with even Curtis. Like we spent some time with Curtis on and off, and we like know his husband and and all that. But like, like Renee gets so many genuine moments with every single individual character. Yeah, we I feel we like had we had those for Curtis last season though. But I do, I agree that I feel like we know Curtis now, I think, pretty well, but we got all that information in little bits over a longer period of time. And I feel like we're getting a lot of the same groundwork laid for Renee's character, but in a shorter span. Right. And I feel like Curtis also has markedly less trauma in his past, so there's not as many bah moments. Yeah. I couldn't think of a good sound effect, so that (laughs) that occurred. Uh, Angry sheep moments. (laughs) Um, yes, and I just Googled it. Because you have to have committed a felony to be dishonorably discharged, Dang. and that is where it draws the line. See? Good to know. Learning things. Like, it's it's a universe where the Flash fights a gorilla, but you also might learn something about the law. Yeah. Yeah. What a magical, magical, magical thing. Right? Right. I agree with Lex. <laughs> I agree with Lex. Who else agrees with Lex? Okay, so Bob Ross. Right. Okay, Bob Ross. Thank you for that. <laughs> Renee was married and that he has a daughter who what she look like eight ten hard um, to tell I would mm. say yeah somewhere between well probably Young, like but old enough to get it yeah so like little nine and I, I'd go as high as eleven yeah yeah she had <laughs> she had some years on her yeah, wait I'm a second like yeah, oh dear. he uh, had mentioned having a kid before when yes. he was talking to Diggle but I had expected a small child. Right. I had not expected a nine-year-old, ten-year-old who was going to go to the hockey game with Dad. Yeah. How old is Renee? Do we know this information? I feel like he can't be thirty. He's, but he's got to be if he. Well, you would. Th- I mean, he could have had yeah. a kid very young. Because I feel, like, and I, I'm not sure how old the actor is, but I feel like Renee can't be even thirty. He might just right. look young. That's true. He's yeah, got he a very does. young face. Because yeah. he was on Reaper, and I assumed he was maybe the same age he as... Reaper. He was on Mr. Robot, I think, yeah. in the first season. Hmm. That's not really <laughs> relevant to anything, no, but he was in that show, capacity. too. Yeah, so I'm like, I think he's probably close to 30, you know, just judging when he was on that show. Um, That's true. He just he has very young yeah, face. Yeah, he has a young yeah. face. Or, yeah. I mean, yeah. And he could have also had the kid at a young age. Pretty yeah, young. Yeah. Pretty young age. That, that's right. kind of what it struck me as, is that he and his wife were both younger parents. Mm-hmm. And evidently his wife had some form of drug addiction. I, I love that we got so much story in so few sentences. Like, we got out of the glades. Mm-hmm. Why are you bringing it into our house? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I loved uh, that. Was there anything this season so far, maybe in the entire run of Arrow, that's more depressing than the idea of a kiddie hockey game in the glades? 
think it was a kiddie hockey game. I think it was a professional oh, team. Like a professional, it was a professional team they were going to see, but the stadium was in a bad part of town. Why is the It's like going in... to some part of Hollywood that's mm. not Hollywood and Highland. Why is the stadium in the glades? Why is anything in the glades? Why is there a glade still? Well, but because a lot like of you times you build something yeah. and then the yeah. neighborhood around it sometimes isn't what you expect. Yeah, yeah it, it like you build it and then the neighborhood goes down because that happens where there's a lot of sports stadiums and then they just tend to kind of move them but especially that looked like it was a minor league hockey team yeah sure. um so yeah it's probably not gonna get the up yeah yeah it was okay. the ahl league the i can get dogs. super hockey on you guys <laughs> was the hockey team called the wild dogs I don't know. I, it they seemed the, like it was the dog thing on yeah. the right on the thing. Um, Bless. But also, there are times when the stadium itself is the only thing that is of high quality in the area. Mm-hmm. My friend was once telling me about how it, it's like that in De- in Detroit, where like everything around the stadium is is built up, but then like you go down a block and it gets a little sketchier in some areas. Right. So like And that's hockey. No, I get I get like the real world analog to this. But they also like the flash fights gorillas in this universe. Why is there still a glades, bro? Because they need because the undertaking it. was only half successful. Yeah, I'm not going to kill like five hundred people somewhere like five hundred and three. Yeah. Like Tobias Churches and Vinnie Joneses to try and take over every so often, and that's like a bad neighborhood that they can recruit in. I Bro, suppose. there are mm-hmm. still like socioeconomic issues in this world, so like they <laughs> need a place city. to filter off all the like lesser red line people. Wow. Dude, I'm like... Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. I know. They've, especially in this episode, they've acknowledged that, like, problems of our world exist in theirs as well. Yep. I feel like they kind of dropped an anvil on us with that one tonight. (laughs) Because I believe the TV trope is anvilicious. Ooh. Yeah. All right. And uh, the chat is letting us know that the actor plays Renee um, is 37. He looks great. <laughs> he is older than Stephen Amell. And I'm like, he looks so young. That's not fair. I know. <laughs> okay, but hey, how kind old of... is Renee the character? Do we yeah. have a confirmation on no, that? No, they haven't chat, said. if you could help us out with that, that would be lovely. If there isn't one, I completely understand because what are character bios in this day and age? And I love Jonathan Dimming's hashtag, hashtag Tori Real Talk. (laughs) This whole episode is just hashtag Real Talk. Yeah. And didn't you love that the moment on the TV was the same moment as when Malcolm gets recruited into the Legion of Doom? Yes, if you're watching Legends of Tomorrow, you saw Malcolm Merlin across town drinking, watching this exact same broadcast before the rest of the Legion of Doom shows up and recruits him. Yeah. I just yeah. said that yeah. it was the, this is where the city rose up against Damien Dark and led by the Green Arrow. I'm like, well, I have lost literally everything. I'm going to be a vigilante and make it better? I do. I like, I like the fact that it is the Green Arrow that inspires him indirectly. It's a little, little weird, but he's in a dark place. He's in a very dark place, and I understand being, especially once you know definitively, once he's hung up on by what I assume is a social worker, Right. He, yeah. he's cut off from his daughter now. He's cut off from the last thing in the world that means anything to him. And I can understand if you're a dude that's, you know, if you may be prone to anger in the first place and you've now lost everything, the last good thing has been pulled away from your life, it's like, what can I do now? Yeah, and if he, if he directly blames that drug dealer, then it makes sense that he would go on the streets and try to take, care, take out crime. Yes. Yeah. Take because crime was what killed <laughs> <laughs> I like take Kylo a, Kit. He needs to decorate his hockey mask. Yes, like a real hockey goalies do. We've had some pretty cool ones. Carrie Littman of the Dallas Stars has some of the best guys. <laughs> yeah, every we week just like, dip it in the blood of people he shoots. We, yeah. God. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Dari we've had dark enough tonight. stark horror movie imagery, because usually you think hockey mask, yeah. you think Jason. Sure. Like, yeah. Full stop. So there is something about just the pure white hockey mask that instills fear in people. It sticks out from the darkness. It has horror movie connotations. And so if you want to be intimidating, painting that... Is almost try hard. Well, and I'm saying intimidating if you're going to yeah. be a vigilante on the streets. In the actual, if you're an actually the hockey player in the game, yeah, no, go for it. That's amazing. And see, Kari but, actually had the shining at one point on his mask, like Jack Nicholson and some cool stuff. Yeah, he always does. He fun had things. Jack Nicholson on his mask. Yeah, he had him yes, painted on his thing. mask. Yeah. yeah, he was just sitting. Did, like, yeah. the did whole Nicholson time. consent to being attached to the hockey mask for the duration of the game? Um, I don't think so. I think he was but it's drunk. nice. You know, it's just, just he had shades on. He might have been asleep. <laughs> he <laughs> thought it was a Laker game. You know, he was just every so often was like. Eh. 
And that was it. It, yeah. it seemed all right. comes towards me, wakes up, here's Johnny. <laughs> yeah. It seems like un- an unfair advantage having a whole another body to block the Yeah. Holes. I'm just going to set you up in the net, Mr. Nicholson. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> Anyway, that that kind of wandered off into. I'm yeah, just trying to support my, my point is that if, you're, <laughs> if you intend to do violence on the streets, a plain white hockey mask is scarier, is scarier because of cultural overtones. Sure. Yeah. Because sure. Jason. Yes. I feel like the How did we is get scary. there? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, a lot of people in the chat are talking about vigilante. Yes. Oh, yeah. Good yes. lord. That so dude's my he, favorite. So Adrian got shot during and this. And the second the that shoulder. happened, the second that happened, I was like, A, he's not dead. B, he's going to be real mad. C, vigilante gun go shoot some people. I'm wondering <laughs> if this wasn't an attempt for people who aren't as versed in the cause. Because we... We know there's a contingency of fans who just watch it, don't go look things up, aren't into the comics, you know, the casual viewers. And I wonder if this wasn't an attempt to throw people off. Sure. Well, he was shot. Well, he promised to stay in the hospital while his wife is there. How could it, you know, if he winds up not being vigilant later on, we're all going to look like idiots? Well, and but I, I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind that because if they can actually... Because they will have thrown us completely. Yes. If yeah. they can do that without it feeling cheap, I wouldn't be mad in the slightest. Yeah. But yeah. as it is, we're all pretty dang certain that he's vigilante, and so I this may have been an attempt to throw viewers. Like, no, he, he stayed in the hospital with his wife, and also he's been shot. Right. Yeah. And it's you, like, if he's not vigilante, I want him to be, to be somebody. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he's got it, like... He's not too, just the DA. He's too yeah. awesome to just every so often come in and be like... I'm a lawyer. Lawyer, I mean, yeah. and I'm leaving. Though D.A. McHottie is really good at his job, though, so I'm, like, like, I'm fine like with it. that. I like Doctor McDreamy. Yes, mm-hmm. and I'm fine with it too. But in this show, how many opportunities is he going to get to do the hardcore lawyer thing? See, and we got that a lot when Laurel was the ADA and then the DA. Yes. So I feel like that is not outside of the scope of this show. They just need to make the opportunities. Yeah, mm. that's what I wanted from Laurel's characters. I wanted the vigilantes to start bringing the people in, providing her with the evidence that she needed, and then she would do the court stuff. Like, they had it for, like, a couple episodes, and then, you know, death stuff and, and stuff. Stuff and things yes. right. and stuff. Right. Yeah, and to me, that was my favorite part of Laurel, was when she was a lawyer, because she mm-hmm. was really good at that, and I liked that. And now we sort of have that with Adrian Chase, and I know that a lot of people have said, you know, because we've never been full confirmation that he is vigilante, they think that he might be Prometheus instead, or you, Lex, you could either be Prometheus or um, vigilante, according to the but chat. But what if okay. it's Adrian Chase with loose <clears throat> antlers? Ah, uh, 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 <laughs> for people thinking that, oh well, he was shot, he was injured, he's not going to be out running around. You would not believe what the good painkillers enable you to do. But also, like, you remember when they killed Death? There are like <laughs> four different ways in this. Like, Death, <laughs> yeah. the, he, he could be shot in the face seven or eight times, and like they'd find a way to bring him back. If they wanted to. <laughs> right? Yeah, Curtis just invented this new uh, face-saving chip. That allows yeah. you to just now, your live. face. Is face. Back. <laughs> yeah, well, look Yay. at that. <laughs> we can't do Clayface in this universe anymore, you guys. <laughs> he, he's on Gotham. <laughs> is he? But yeah. that's not this universe. You know, it could be Earth uh, Twenty One. I don't that's, know. That's that's true. I hope that Gotham Earth exists 21, on like but Earth Twenty One. Batman isn't yet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Everyone's mean to this little boy on this Earth. Yep. And then we're being corrected. Laurel got shanked before she became the DA. She was only ADA. Oh, okay. Well, so I I agree with you that I think Laurel was best utilized in that capacity. And I, uh, Tari, agree with you that I would like to see them shuffle things around so that they could use a lawyer character in that capacity. I feel like right now we're not in that space. We were in that space for a second. When we were trying to exonerate Diggle, for example, we were in that space pretty pretty significantly yeah. but now I feel like we're only maybe I'm wrong we're only going to be moving further away from that space the further into the back parts of the season we get because it's, in theory got to just get more and more Prometheus heavy right well and yeah, what I'm thi- go ahead no you no me <laughs> well I sit here and attempt to assemble my words uh what we had in the first couple of seasons were a city that was still fairly well put together before all these localized apocalypses started happening. And so we had a police department and a justice system that were still very much in place. And we don't, we still do have that in some capacity, but it seems like we're running on more of a skeleton crew. 
with Oliver in charge, we're trying to get things back to normal. We're trying to uh, crack down on corruption. We're trying to actually bring in criminals instead of just turning them around in the system and then having another convenient jailbreak. Like, we're trying to get back to where we were in the first couple of seasons in terms of law and order. So this season may not be the right one for it. Season six, I would hope, would have more of a focus and more openings for that. Right. Because I feel like the city itself is not capable of that currently. Yes. Though I see, well, I don't see it being the, like, law and order team up thing this, like, by the end of the season. But I do imagine that Chase's arc will be to take that role, at least by the end, in that he is... As he said in the episode, he is the 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 law. Uh, well, no, like he is the the arrow, just with more potent weapons, essentially. Yes. And yeah. so, like, I could see his arc being that, like, they have a confrontation, and Oliver slash the arrow is like, "Look, you're great at what you do. You're best suited outside of the vigilante costume. So why don't we work together?" And that is like how that's formed. Sure. But that, like, but that seems more. That's at the end of Chase's arc. You know, right. he'll have to go through some stuff and help them take down Vigilante. High five the team mm. a couple times. Sorry for all those times I almost killed you guys. Yeah, yeah. be. We're <laughs> BFFs now. You think Remember, he'll survive through the end of the season? I, I hope so. Yeah, really. Yeah. I, I think he will see. come out on the wrong end of a run in with Prometheus. No, oh. not D eight make hottie. That would be a bummer. I really, I like this character a lot, and I yeah, really like the energy that he brings to the show. And so I'm hoping they continue to utilize him, and I'm hoping I'm that they that. find a yeah. more active role for him. I don't want him to like yeah. to go away. It would make me sad. To shuffle off his yeah. mortal coil or just this mortal TV show. No, he's mm. just joining. They're recruiting guys. Mm. Yeah. He's going to be a part of the team. Like all of City Hall is just a big superhero vigilante team. <laughs> like a hall of like justice. But also, also too, we have like fifteen minutes left. Yes, we need to actually oh. talk about justice. the main episode, justice. Mm. Justice reigns from above. We need to talk about the actual issue at hand in yeah. this show that they spent 90% of the show talking about. And we spent 90% of our show avoiding. Sure. Yeah. I mean, we covered it for the most part at the beginning. For the most the, part. The rest yeah. of it is just specific details about this one guy and why he shot up these places. Right. It's interesting that we give him that motivation because this is a very politically charged episode mm -hmm. but it's not he did this because racism or he did this because whatever or he did this because make America great again like I said it's so easy to go there he did this because gun control legislation in a previous incarnation failed and then there was a shooting that took the lives of his entire family right and so it's a matter of you were supposed to protect them you didn't they died this is your fault. Yeah. Sure. I also so, feel like... Oh, go ahead. I'm just going to say, it's still a cool motive, still murder sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, I feel like there's also an aspect that he was kind of trying to force their hand in terms of gun control being like, look how bad guns can be. Look, I'm showing you how bad guns are. So, like, do something, right, bros? I'm going to keep doing stuff until you do something. And the bit at the end with Oliver talking to him, like, as the mayor, as Oliver Queen, for one, yes, good, mm -hmm. well done. Yep. For another, that bit where, well, my wife and children were innocent. All the people you shot were innocent, too. Real oh, my gosh! You're right. Like, I never considered that before. Here's my weapon. I have to wonder. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. I have to wonder if that was just one of those we need this to happen so write it moments or if it was supposed to be massive cognitive dissonance on his part that didn't come together until someone else went, uh, friend, you're missing this. It, it felt like a bit of a quick resolution, but I actually can buy that as a justification yeah. for it. I can buy that all it would really take is somebody to to connect, like really connect directly with this guy mm -hmm. and show him in a way that's not violent, that's not hyper-confrontational in a way that's yeah. very much almost like, I understand your pain but this is not right yeah. and we can move forward from this, but this is not the way I think that can be really, really powerful if you desperately need it, especially if you don't realize you desperately need it so it it worked, it, it happened a little quick, but it worked, for me Yeah, also yeah. when you're in the, the like, height of 
because essentially all of this was a means to an end in in a way. And so like all of the the innocence that he hadn't thought about were essentially just just tools until he thought of them as people. Everyone yeah. on the road when you're in traffic are just cars until you realize that there are humans in those cars. Yeah. And then it was a chessboard so until it yeah. wasn't. Yeah. Like it's just monkeys driving robots. <laughs> so strange. There's, there's a only. German word for that and I can't remember what it is. The sudden awareness that other people are people too and have lives and thoughts and feelings just like you. I need to know what this word is. Chad, yeah, I, you know the German you know word, word for or I'm going to try to it. Might, it might not be German, but I think it is. Germans have a lot of really great words that we need to just adopt. Sure. Yeah, we, we need took Schadenfreude. We need the rest of them. And <laughs> Spiel yeah. is a German word that we use all the time. That, oh, Spiel know. is a wonderful word. Yeah. So, yeah, so there is an actual word for realizing, holy crap, these people in the crowd are actually people, and the human brain isn't wired to recognize everyone as a human being, and that's why we have those moments of clarity that stop us in our tracks and then kind of fade again as your brain goes, and we're shutting down those systems because, oh, God, I can't. Sure, sure. Some people don't ever seem to have those moments. But yes, ideally, sometimes you have the the moment where you're like, all right, person. Well, it's connected to empathy. And if you don't have empathy, then you have bigger problems. Empathy? Yeah, okay. I think it's Sonder is what I can find. That that might be right, yeah. S-O-N-D-E-R? Yes. Sonder. Sonder. Yeah. Yeah, so if, if anyone knows for sure, if anyone can confirm that that's it, or if anyone knows for sure what it is, throw in the hashtag, throw in the no. chat, please let us know. I want to go a saundering. Yes. Isn't there a, a protagonist who's last name is Saunder? Buffy Saunders? Well, I keep thinking no, of Saunders. No, Summers. <laughs> Saunders. Anyway, okay, guys, that's not important. Um, guys, back to the topic. No. Man, what is that? <laughs> that so Let's take show. it to the chat. Yeah. We're like oil and water for this topic. And the chat has uh, brought up several times about, isn't it weird that Felicity didn't say anything about, is someone who was a victim of gun violence? She was the one that kept yeah. saying, let's not have this conversation, guys. Makes everybody mad. And yeah. It, 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 and I, yeah. I like that they brought it up, and I like that you brought up this moment of, yeah, if it doesn't get anything done, why do it? And then the rejoinder that we used to actually be able to speak with each other respectfully, and that has completely gone—it's gone in favor of winning. Right, like that's—that's the why. Is that whether or not we ultimately agree? It is ultra, super. Can't stress this enough. Crucial that we can have these conversations without immediately othering the person that doesn't think the same way Mm -hmm. we do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's almost the most important thing right now. It really is. Being able to, Ken, we're back to empathy, Mm -hmm. being able to empathize with people who have radically different viewpoints from you. And there there can be a line there, like there's a difference between, oh God, you want to kill how many people? And okay, we don't have the same agreement on ex-political Well, sure, there, there are actually Nazis. That's not who yeah, we're talking that's about. It. That's Nazism <laughs> should not be listened to. Do not that's give who Nazis we're talking a about. platform. We're not talking about the Nazis, though. We're talking about the, everybody else. Yeah. It's super important that Whose we not... last name was Saunders? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. People, let's talk about the positive things that people agree on is Sonder is the word. So I think oh, we're good. right. And good. Swifter 2.0 brings up a good point. Wonder how Rory would react to all this since his whole family died um, in an explosion. I wonder I what he's thoughts. doing. Is it too much to hope that we maybe get some digital shorts or some type of just short form content with Ragman just yeah. traveling the country trying to get his magic rags back? I want yeah. him to just him sitting in the rags like on the bus. <laughs> How Rory got his groove back. Talking, sitting on the train, talking to this poor person next to him, is looking at him like, oh, "Oh God, why? Yeah. Yeah. And Jonathan Dimming has an excellent theory here. Oliver's girlfriend is secretly human target, who is secretly Lex, who is secretly Prometheus. So, Ah. you've been pretty busy. I can neither confirm nor deny these statements. We're looking into it. We're looking into it. It's, uh, it's, It's taking care of itself. I, I have to say that I like. I really, you. really enjoyed. I owe them an answer. I don't owe it to you. Oh, and um, <laughs> hey, I like you. Alley Cat Diva says, uh, "Do you mean Kendra Saunders, hot huh, girl?" Yes, yes, that yes. was his one. That was it. All right, uh, thank you, you. you. Where are they're they? They're gone. They're, they're gone. They don't. They're, they're fine. They're they wandered off into the reincarnating ether. 
And yeah. they're okay there, and we're not going to go find them. They're on the planet Thetagar. Thank you, chat. Because I would have not talked about anything else except for yeah. that right. one thing. That's right. He just, he just sits and, and, and stews. I, and... Yes. Okay. Okay. No, now we we're saved. We're, we're All right, see you guys the... later. It's unraveling. Oh, yeah. Kara's done. done. He accomplished the one thing he <laughs> set out to do tonight. Dear Booth, can you please let us know how we're doing on time for sure? In the meantime, is there anything we didn't bring up that we should talk about? Aside from holding a councilwoman hostage, and boy, was it relatively easy to uh, get that legislation all put together and passed. Well, I'm wondering now, too, if that's... They set it up to where she says, well, I'm going to extract a political price from this at some point. I'm wondering if that's a thread we're going to pick up. It seems very much like, uh, remember this, this might be important yeah. later. Yeah, We'll see. I mean that would be really interesting. We don't we don't dive into a lot of political stuff. Well, especially yeah. when two a member of the press has brought the photos of mm-hmm. Oliver, Oliver Queen. Queen. Yeah, you don't want a politician that's already vowed to extract a political price from Mayor Oliver Queen to come into possession of photos that have say him fraternizing with the Bratva. Yeah, that have him having direct ties to Russia. Huh. Right. Yeah, like, not like that. Timely a show timely? on TV, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Constantine. They're that, mm-hmm. that, they're that, that good. They're Do we that have any news? <laughs> yeah. Or they're all talking about Constantine. It wasn't even me this time. Like that's who can find the rags. Like I like, right. I like these people. You my people. That's so. Overall, for this episode, I feel like it had moments in terms of characterization, in terms of things getting wrapped up a little too easily, in terms of being a little too on the nose, that did make it feel like an after-school special in some ways. That said, we also got some really good character moments. So, not the strongest one this season, not the strongest one ever, not a total bomb. Yeah, I feel like there were many, many ways this episode could have been disastrous, and it was, in my opinion, far, far, far from that. Maybe not my favorite episode of Arrow ever or, yeah. or even this season, but I think they they took a very, very sensitive subject and they handled it with a lot of care. I commend them for that, and I also commend them for whether or not I, I agree with one side of the argument or the other, I appreciate that they gave multiple points of view a voice, and it felt yeah. like these multiple points of view had equal time in the episode. And although I would have, again, I, I missed like super lefty Oliver Queen from the comics, and I would like to have seen a little bit more political push-pull that way, I'm glad that the whole point of the resolution was balance at the center. Yeah. Um, I mean, most of mostly every point that you made was about to come out of my mouth. Oh, sorry. Um, you, <laughs> he took God the words right out of your mouth. No. Um, do that sweet twenty <laughs> um, But no. Uh, but to add on to that, like even I know that like we kind of gave crap to the the hokier moments, but like I really, in a way, like my comic book nerd heart liked those, and that like. That does seem like you pick up an issue and it's like, the gun episode, uh, or the gun issue, and like, especially that China moment. Cat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, especially that moment when uh, Oliver dies, like, he shakes the hand w- with the counselor, and also, like, gives that speech at the end. Like, those felt like very, like, superhero y moments. Yes. Which I thought were really well done. And, and I really laugh inappropriately at it. <laughs> <laughs> now, this it's is not a, difficult to laugh inappropriately yeah. at Arrow sometimes. This is not we hyper specific to this one episode, but I wanted to pause and note that I'm real happy that Oliver dangling from the helicopter <sighs> is part of the opening now. Yeah. Yes. That okay. Just, just yep. makes me so I'm happy sure every time I see it. I bet it was. They're listening. We love we, you. We are pretty much out of time. We're going to do real quick iTunes, real quick predictions, and yes. then we are going to zoom on out of here. So, the quickest of iTunes spiels. Thank you for everyone who reviewed. If you want to keep us on the air as an after show, best thing you can do, find us on iTunes, After Buzz Arrow. Rate, comment, subscribe, leave us five stars. Uh, the producers see it, and they keep us as an after show, and it helps our ratings as a podcast so more people can find us, and you get a shout-out on the air. Can you just give us the name and the title because we are out of time? Oh, fun and lovely. Five stars. Nerdity nerd nerd. Mm. Thank you, Nerdity yes, nerd you. nerd. We love you. If we weren't short on time, we'd read the whole thing, but you can read the whole thing when you go on iTunes to rate 
rate and subscribe and leave a comment of your own. If you comment in a store that is not the American iTunes store, please uh, take a screen cap and leave it in the hashtag. Uh, also for the uh, podcast feature on Google Play, same thing. We would love to see those. Thank you so much. We need to do some real quick predictions. There we go. TV predictions. There we go. Next week, all the lady bad guys are back. Yeah. 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 Lady cop and the head of the triad whose name I forgot. China White. Thank you. That's the one. Totally. Yeah. I forgot it. Yeah. (laughs) Kind of awkward. I think they they provide a good fight for Oliver Queen. Um, At some point, uh, Cupid tries to make out with Oliver Queen. Sure. Um, and then when does she not? Lila it, comes home to find Diggle and Dinah making out in the apartment. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Tari. Tari. Is, is is John Diggle in the kitchen with Dinah? Someone's in the kitchen with Dinah. We can't stop that. Yep, that's it. Let's win. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on uh, Arrow After Us yep. TV. Well, the other thing we have to look at is they try to arrest the Arrow again because this is a thing that occurs with relative frequency mm-hmm. on this show. Yes, if we're not trying to arrest him at least once a season, there's something wrong. Who yeah. will Oliver's Patsy be today? Yes. Yeah. Place your bets, ladies and yeah. gentlemen. Maybe it's you. Place yeah. your bets as to who that benefits. There's the government where Oliver sits. Not true. Anyway, (laughs) we've been all over the place this episode. Thank you so much for sticking with us. It has been a fun and interesting after show, but I've enjoyed discussing it with all of you. If you would like to keep this discussion going, you can find all of us on the social medias in the hashtag at AfterBuzzTV and tell us where. Hey guys, I'm Lucretia Lyons. You can always find me at L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N anywhere on the internet since there is only one. And stay tuned. Right here on AfterBuzzTV, I'll be doing the Legion After Show right after. And I'm Tari J. Miller. You can find me at Tari J. That's T-E-U-R-I-J-A-Y. Also on the DC Slate, uh, Flash, Supergirl, this show. Yep. Yep. All those shows. Fantastic. I'm Lex Michael. All over social media at the Lex Michael. If you're a fan of DC on the CW on ABTV, I am also on Supergirl on Mondays, Legends Ooh. of Tomorrow on Tuesdays, and here I every Wednesday to talk about the Green Archer. <laughs> You're great. We love you. <laughs> and I'm Katie Cullen. You can find me on all the social medias and on YouTube at Kiaxet. That is K-I-A-X-E-T. Star Wars Rebels is back from hiatus. We're going to be talking about that this Sunday. Uh, Voltron, we have another very special guest. That is tomorrow at 9 p.m. Pacific. Also, if you are in the Los Angeles area, I will be at Gallifrey One this weekend, the local Doctor Who convention. So mm. come say hi. Get an AfterBuzz ribbon. I have those. They're wonderful. Uh, you can follow Ali Kona at boysandbeauty one on Twitter. Tweet her your well wishes. We will hopefully have her back next week. We want her to get better. Thank you guys so much for tuning in tonight, and we will see you next time. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 